We're talking to a couple of former New England Patriots and New England Patriot alumni, Max Lane and Garen Veris. Guys, you uh, you guys do a lot of stuff uh, with the Patriots alumni. You guys are, I know, uh, involved with boys and girls clubs down in Massachusetts. Then you come up here for Big Brothers Big Sisters. What are some of the things that the Patriots alumni does, you know, around New England that that folks might not be aware of? Well, our uh, alumni club does a lot of. Uh we have football clinics that we do. We do 22 clinics, free clinics, all over uh, the New England uh, uh, area. And, uh, I mean, it's multiple, multiple charities that we often get uh, requests to have players come. And, and uh, we just enjoy giving back to the communities. And uh, our alumni club, the, the guys step up. And wherever it is, we'll be there. So uh, we're happy to be here to today to uh to help out big brothers big sisters now did you guys stay around here after you retired just because you liked it or did you move around come back like did you yeah, stick you're around get into our personal life stories <laughs> oh, yeah, well, i'd like to ask questions i like to know what guys do after they retire you know, you know? I, I liked it i i stayed around here um i married a girl from new england uh that kind of helped and then had two kids um, since divorce, but I stayed close to them, and I lived down in Newburyport, Massachusetts. So that kind of kept me up up here. Um, after I played a couple of years up here, I, I knew that I kind of wanted to stay around afterwards because I was from a really small town out in Missouri. Uh, there's no ocean out there, uh, you know, ri- rivers, lakes, and streams. Yes, but, um, yes. <laughs> but I like being up here. I love the mountains. I love you know. I like going skiing up in Maine. So that's cool. Um, I, I, that's kind of what kept me here after after football. Did you say Missouri? Yeah. All right. So do, have you been to Lambert's where they throw the rolls? Yeah, that's down in Springfield. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I used <laughs> Absolutely. to. Uh, when I was in the military, we used to take a helicopter thing, and there was a training place somewhere along the way. Were you in the army? Like, I was uh, in the army. Fort Leonard Wood. Yeah, I was at actually I was at Fort Campbell, oh, okay. and there was part of a training thing around there at Fort Leonard Wood, and you'd fly there or fly somewhere in that area. But we'd always fly over so we could go to Lambert so we could throw the rolls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Throw the rolls was the was the best. Now, Garen, you're from uh, Chillicothe, Ohio, right? Or Chillicothe? You're close. Chillicothe. Chillicothe. Okay. Yes, yes. See, I had a friend of mine who played for the what was it? The Chillicothe Paints or oh, something. Yeah. It was an independent league team for a little bit. Right. So yes. I've always struggled with that name. I usually can only pronounce it after a couple of Bud Lights. It's really strange. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that is. Now it's amazing yeah. because. For you guys to be sitting here today is pretty cool. You know, I sat through my very first ever game was Super Bowl twenty. That uh, yeah, yeah yeah I know all about that. that <laughs> yes, was one yeah. bad day. One so ba- I, well, that was I, a pretty good I, team <laughs> across the way. Uh, I've heard I've heard Pete Brock refer to it as the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. <laughs> yeah, from three points down to that. Uh, yeah, we. Well, I want you to know who who's responsible for that three points was me by Paul, tackling agree? Walter Payton and making him fumble. So uh, I agree. Oh, I, I'm awesome. I'm taking credit for that, no matter what anybody says. And uh, <laughs> but they, yeah, the Bears' greatest comeback in history. That's uh, 364 great days of that year. One bad one. That's not bad. That's a that's a pretty good day. Uh, that's a pretty good one on that. You know, uh, before um, Super Bowl. Um, before the Super Bowl this year, me and my friends were getting together to watch a game. So we watched the, um, it was the playoff game against the Jets. Cool to see the stuff that you could do on YouTube. So you were in the Raymond Berry era, right? Now, were you there just for, for you know, I know you were there for, for Coach Berry at the beginning. Did you have Ron Meyer beforehand? Did it go from Raymond Berry after it went to Rod Rust after that? or No, in 80, 1984, uh, Ron Meyer was there and he got fired, I think, halfway through that season. 
and then uh, Raymond Barrier took over, and I was drafted that that spring. So uh, I did not play under Ron Meyer, and uh, Coach Barry was into his first full season as a head coach. You know, I look back on those teams, and those are some really, really, really underrated defenses. I thought Don Blackman was a super underrated linebacker. Of course, his career got cut short way early because of a neck injury. Right. Um, Andre Tippett, Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, Steve Nelson was pretty yeah. good. You know, you had some you had some uh, good guys out there as well uh, with with Raymond Claiborne, another another Hall of Famer. Um, you know, those are pretty underrated defense. In fact, the defense is, is to me, I think, kind of what got you into the Super Bowl that year. It was quite a run. Yeah, I mean, you you say Andre Tippett. I mean, Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. and uh, Steve Nelson and Don Blackman, uh, Ronnie Lapette, and Roland James, and I mean, I can go on and mm-hmm. on of uh, the defense. But I think the combination of a great defense, but also you know an offense that ran the ball really well. Uh, Tony Eason had a great year of passing. Stanley Morgan and Ir- Irving Fryer on offense. Craig James and and um, Tony Collins in the backfield. John Hanna on the offensive line. Uh, it was a, a, a well-balanced team, and not only the offense and defense, but uh, our special teams, I think, led the league in turnovers that, uh, that, that year. Or we led the league in turnovers, uh, getting turnovers, and our special teams played really well. So uh, it just came to, you know, a great year. Everybody played well together, and, and uh, it was a big surprise, and we're happy we, we got there. Talking with Garen Varis and Max Lane, they are New England Patriots alumni. I'm sure you remember the names. Now, Max, you when you came into the league, uh, you were drafted uh, by a, a Bill Parcells coach team, and then after that, it switched to Pete Carroll. What yep. was the difference between the two of them? Uh, let's see. We didn't hit as much with Pete Carroll. I, I can tell you, our bodies felt a lot better with Pete Carroll. Um, you know, they just did. It was like a, a totally. A, total different shift in approach to the game and culture and everything and yeah at the the beginning we liked it Mm -hmm. our bodies responded well to it not for not hitting as much in training camp and during the season but after a while i I think since we were you know a lot of us were kind of cut our teeth in the parcells mold so we kind of it didn't last you know we were we probably needed the hard discipline, hard hitting that we got from Parcells. And whenever it kind of lightened up, I think, you know, some of the guys that weren't as disciplined kind of took advantage of the, you know, not, you know, Pete was not as hard of a coach as, as Bill was. Um, you know, I think, I think Pete came here at a bad time bad timing because we had just want you know been to the mm-hmm. super bowl you know what what can you do you know you, right the only thing you can do is win it to to kind of be better so um it was just uh, I, you know bad timing for him i think plus i think that uh you know mr Kraft was wanting to do a little bit more with the team um wanted a guy that he could kind of control which pete was just happy to keep a a head coaching job, you know, <laughs> in the NFL. And um, and I think that's kind of what happened. And, you know, whenever what, – what, what did Parcell say? Picking the groceries, all yeah. that type of stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the way you see everywhere nowadays. You know, it, that's surely what Pete has done up in Seattle because I think he's a great football guy. Um, it was just kind of like a, you know, a mix of a couple different factors that uh, – made us kind of slide during the, during those three years. 
that 97 team, I thought, had a chance to win it until the offense got hurt. I remember in the playoff game against Pittsburgh that year, it was like the only play left in the playbook, it seemed, was um, uh, let's run Cedric Shaw off one side, and then we'll have Bledsoe throw deep to Sean Jefferson because he was literally the only healthy receiver left. That yeah. defense that year was playing out of their mind. I still contend to this day that when you talk about defenses of the Patriots, and people will talk about the 2001 ones, I think the 85 defense and I think the 1997 defense are the two best Patriots defenses I ever saw. Yep. I, th- I thought that defense was amazing. Uh, you had some good players on that yeah, one as we well. Yeah, if we would have beat Pittsburgh in that playoff game, we would have had the AFC Championship back home again for mm-hmm. the second straight year against Denver. That, that may have been a tough, uh, may have been a tough game, but uh, but yeah. No, that was uh, yeah, and Ted Johnson was definitely held when Cordell Stewart scored that touchdown. That's mm. yeah, just grab it. Never forget <laughs> yeah, it for as long as I live. Man. Oh, I, 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 that's like a blur to me. I'm yeah, still bitter right. about it. That's, I'm still bitter about it because at the time, you know, it wasn't like. Today, you know, you get together with your friends. I'm in the military, and I'm watching on my old TV that I got for $10 at a thrift store, and I'm watching the thing, and and I'm watching it. I'm watching it while on the phone with my best friend from home, and we're just so mad. Like that can't be the only touchdown they score. It can't be. Like, yeah, it is, man. It is. Now it wait is. a minute. Do you know who made the? Uh, do you know who made the sack uh, that stopped our potential game-winning drive? No. Mike Vrabel. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, he made up for it eventually. <laughs> he, uh, he did eventually. He made up for it, that's for sure. We're hanging out with New England Patriots alumni Max Lane. And when you guys' career ended, you guys, number one, Garen, you've done a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, UMass Boston, talk a little bit about what you've done since, since you've left. Since I left the Patriots? Since you left the Patriots. Yeah, well, uh, my last year I ended up playing with San Francisco, uh, became a free agent, and uh, Went out to San Francisco, uh, retired after that year, decided I want to go back to school, went to law school, got my law degree in uh, Boston College, and um, thought I was going to go into the sports agency business and had a change of mind after I got out and uh, decided to go into collegiate athletic administration. And uh, I've been at Stanford University, Marquette University, University of New Hampshire, UMass Boston, Massachusetts Maritime Academy, and now I'm looking for a new position. So um, I love collegiate athletics, and it's always been something that giving back, uh, seeing the kids uh, try to reach their goals academically and athletically, it's just it's a great atmosphere, and I've really enjoyed the you know being in that profession. Max, what about you? Uh, since I've been out, I've been kind of different sales jobs here and there. Uh, now I'm sell commercial real estate in the Newburyport area. Um, when I left, I went to school at the Naval Academy. Um, when I left there, I didn't I didn't graduate. I left before I graduated, so I never finished my degree. So now I'm finishing my degree, kind of along with, you know, working and two kids. I'm taking classes here and there, and I have three classes left. Nice. Um, I'll graduate next spring, the same time my son's graduating from high school. And my daughter is matriculating through community college before she transfers into the school that I am graduating from. So I'm trying to get out of there before she gets there. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, that's that's a good that's that's a good call. That's awesome. That's really uh, that's really good. Selling John Cena's house down there in Newburyport, or uh, he's in West Newbury. Oh yeah, okay. I, I mean, I've never seen him down there, but people talk about. Every time we drive through, my kids have to, like, play the song. It's ridiculous. It's insane. It's It's nuts. 
Now, I talk to a lot of guys that sometimes stay in touch with certain people from their teams, you know, from different from different places, stuff like that. Do you guys still keep in touch with a, a lot of the guys that, that you played with? A few here and there. Um, it's, you know, kind of some of the guys, you know, from doing the alumni stuff around here, we kind of have our own little network around here. And, mm-hmm. you know, from doing stuff like the golf tournaments, you know, it's not totally altruistic what we're doing. You know, like we like to give back and everything, but for us, it's like kind of having the locker room still around. Like it's fun coming up, being able to hang out with Garen up here um, and and all these different things that we do. It, it's kind of like keeps us sort of connected, um, you know, not to mention, you know, the great causes that we're helping mm-hmm. support. But it's fun to kind of still have that and tell stories and do all that because the stories get bigger and better oh, yeah. every year so we, <laughs> we 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 become bigger stars that uh for some reason i don't know how it happens but uh just like one night you could be talking about to somebody about well yeah i had two sacks and the next day he had five sacks so i don't understand what <laughs> how it happens but uh it's we, have, how that goes, we huh? have a lot of fun yeah someday somebody sent the nfl record it's really strange <laughs> really really strange okay max uh, uh last question for you every year my my thing was to always watch the highlights, those those John Facenda highlights of every Super Bowl before the Super Bowl. When the one from Super Bowl thirty one comes on, are you like I'm just? Are you grabbing the remote right away, or do you go back and witness and watch it? Like you know, I didn't watch it for a long time. You know, I was after that after that Super Bowl. I you know I I walked back from the Superdome to the hotel because I didn't want to be around anybody. Um, it took a while for me to kind of get over that and get past that. Now, I remember back in 2012, whenever the Patriots were playing in Indianapolis in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. my son and I drove out to Indianapolis for the Super Bowl. We stopped in Canton at the Hall of Fame. And I was like, I want to go in and see what, because you know, they have all the Super Bowl mm-hmm. highlights in there. So, like, I had to go see it. And I, and I hit the button. And it was going through the game, and as it was getting closer to that point in the game where those sacks happened, my heart rate was starting to go. You know, it was starting <laughs> to get my blood pressure was rising. And right at the minute, whenever they did the, the Desmond Howard kickoff return, after that, the highlights were over. And so they didn't show it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Now, now at the go. time of the Super Bowl, my dad at home was like, well, well at least you got your – at least you're getting yourself in the Hall of Fame, you know, because Reggie's <laughs> right, yeah, in it. <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah, right. I mean, that's a good way to good way to look at it. Yeah. And you can always tell people that, hey, I am in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Garen, you were on uh, some Patriots teams. Oh, by the way, I, whoever you've got to talk to, you guys down there, I know, I know if you talk to the crowd, you talk to whoever, if you're involved in anything, for the love of God, for all that's holy, I think I speak for the entire fan base, can we please, please, Please get the Pat Patriot helmets back at least, <laughs> at least one game a season. Please. Did they have any? Did they play with it last year? Uh, man, they haven't used those in like I couple don't know years, how long. It's yeah. it's it's sad to me. Like I see these old helmets going through, and I'm like, there was nothing better. 
than the red jerseys and that helmet. Well, Nothing. Uh, how, about, how about the mid '90s blue? You remember those mid? I still oh. have my jerseys. I got my two. I got mid-90s my '90s blue. I mean, that's like we're, we're like the forgotten. I'm like you the guys are kid. like the transition jersey. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I'm like the middle kid. Your your white jerseys, I thought, were the best one. Like the blue, I thought was a little too blue. I think it was a little darker. It would have yeah. it would have held out. I thought the yeah. white jerseys were always the best for that one. Um, and the helmet and everything <laughs> looked out good. But I still have my two blue. I have a Vincent Brown '59 that I can oh, still fit go. into. And, uh, and, <laughs> I can still and, fit into. Yeah, I could still fit into, <laughs> and I got a Ty Law one that I can still fit into. So, and then the the only one I have from the from the from the eighties era is a John Hanna, which is okay. which is the red. So, you know, yeah. that's good. No, that's that the uh, Pat Patriot. Uh, I I think is just the best uniform right. that uh, that they've had, and I'm a little biased, I guess. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I I me too, and I think it's because I I, I remember growing up watching it. You know, I. You know, my first few memories, you know, after that Super Bowl, you know, I remember waiting for the next year. And the first game I watched that year was a th- was a loss against Seattle at home. And Stanley Morgan, I think, caught like three touchdowns in that game or something like that. And they lost. And then a few weeks later, there was the last second Hail Mary win uh, to to Irving Fryer from Los like 30 Angeles yards Rams. out against the Rams. Yeah, yeah I remember that, that was the first time I ever said, you know what, anything really can happen in any sport. You yeah. know what I mean? It was like, I, I don't know. Because that happened, and then a couple weeks before that, the Buckner error happened. And then that was, like, what taught me my lesson. I mean, I'm only eight years old, but I'm like, man, you got to watch these things to the end because you never know what's going to happen, you know? Uh, that uh, that Rams game was the wildest locker room celebration I'd ever been in. That uh, Oh, really? I mean, I, actually, I, that was the only time that I'd ever been played in a Hail Mary game. And was that away or home? It was in uh, uh, It was Los in Angeles. Anaheim, actually. Oh, or Anaheim, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, they, played in the, they played in the Big A, I think, back then. Yeah, dirt infield on part of the field. and <laughs> Was that like Vince Ferragamo or who, who was? <laughs> no, it was Jim Everett. Oh, it was Jim yeah, Everett. Right. Jim Everett. Jim Everett. Yeah. Ever. It was 28-23, and I remember Easton went back to pass, threw it up. It went off of Stanley Morgan's hands, and Irving Fryer catched it in the back of the end zone. It runs out. Yeah. I'm like, that's it? We're good? That's a win? All right. You know, that's great. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you very thank much God. for having us. Thanks a lot.